and scholars. Want to hear more? Follow us on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Sluts Scholars, or check out slutsandscholars.com. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars, where we talk smart and fuck smarter. I'm Nicoletta. And I'm Simone. And this week we're joined by Julia, who is a gender-fluid male-to-female submissive who became active in the lifestyle that 11 years ago after kinky desires came out that had been repressed since childhood. Today, she is an active, well-known, and respected member of the Los Angeles kink community. Over the years, she's made a name for herself as a fetish photographer of high-profile professional and lifestyle dominatrixes. She's also been the official photographer for DomCon LA since 2015 and... DomCon Nolan since 2016. Julia has been happily married to an incredibly supportive and patient wife for the past 22 years. Welcome, Julia. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Oh my I'm gosh. honored that you have me. Can, can may, we just explain? Yes. Go. Well, I was going to say, may we share like what you call yourself like in full, Slave Boy Julia. Well, you know, it's funny. Slave Boy Julia is just the name that I have on all of my social media. If you look for Slave Boy Julia, you'll find me on Instagram. Even though that's not my official name on Twitter, that's where you'll find me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's descriptive. Okay. It's descriptive of who, who I am because people ask, like, why, why Slave Boy Julia? Because right. when I'm Julia, I identify as she and her. Right. Um, but it's my whole thing of not wanting people to be... Uh, <laughs> sold a bill of goods on what I'm not really. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Do you know? So that they know that I'm not actually an anatomical female. Nor a transgender nor woman. Nor transgender. I, I'm gender fluid. As right. in, when I'm Julia, I'm a she. So male to female submissive, does that mean that you identify as female, as she only when you're in the role of submissive? Is that what that means? I've just never really heard that term before. Um, I guess, you know what? It probably would have made more sense to do male to female, comma, submissive. There we go. I thought, see, folks, this is why grammar and punctuation is important. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm getting a hardcore punctuation boner right now. (laughs) Because the way the sentence structure functioned in the bio as we received it was that male to female was modifying submissive, but it's not. It's just another epithet. All good. Moving swiftly on. Yeah, but I, I think it relates to another question, which is, you know, how do you identify? Like, gender fluid for listeners who don't know, what does that mean to you? Mm. What that means to me, personally, and it's, you know, I used to identify as a cross-dresser. And, but after years, that just didn't, it didn't feel right. Mm. Because when I'm Julia, um, I want to feel female. I want to be thought of as female. I want, um, you know, female pronouns, Mm -hmm. she, her. Um, Yet, I live most of my life as a man. Mm. Um, So... It, it didn't make sense to be just a cross-dresser because that, to me, that's more a man who dresses in women's clothes. Right. And for me, it goes slightly deeper than that. Would you say you identify as a woman when you're using Julia? Yes. In that moment. Strangely, I think I identify more as 
a girl. Okay. Than a woman. Okay. Because Julia. What's the difference? Yeah, well, Julia is, um, she's young. I kind of didn't realize this at first. Somebody pointed it out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, she feels young to me, like teenager. Okay. Yeah. Um, so woman doesn't, woman feels too sophisticated for what Julia is. So tell us more about I mean, I don't want to say about Julia because you like you are Julia. I am like Julia. these are all parts of you. Right, right. Um, so but tell it's us weird like, having multiple parts of well, me. Yeah, but, but we you, all have multiple parts. I was parts. exactly gonna say exactly just that. Like it's no secret that Simone is an alias for me on this <gasps> podcast. No, yeah. Shocking. Yeah, right? <laughs> like we started doing the podcast when I had a lot of stuff when I was applying to law school and Googling and all that sort of stuff. And I do a lot of stuff in the abortion access space, and those people always try to find out things about you. Right. But yeah, so I, I empathize with that. I don't think it's as I'm still very much the same person, but Mm -hmm. I mean, and in the work that I do with clients, we often I often call it that like each of us within ourselves has like a choir or a dinner party of people, Mm. and sometimes one person at the dinner party is louder than the others, and it's like figuring out what balance feels right. And so I, um, yeah, I wonder if you could tell us about like Julia as a part of you. Um, so she's young. She's young. She's submissive. Definitely submissive. Is she bratty? No. 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 We've no. met Julia. Yeah, definitely a good girl. Good girls, thought very service oriented. Very service oriented. Okay. Um, I don't. I I want to please. Mm-hmm. I want I want people to like me. <laughs> so I'm not bratty. I'm not bratty. It's um, because that would go against everything that I. Mm-hmm. Kind of am. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I'm with a dom or near a dom or, you know, like in the community, um, I want I want them to like me. Mm. I want to be told I'm a good girl. I feel you. <laughs> Simone really resonates with that. You resonate with that? That resonates with me. That I'd like correct. to be like a bitch who is overcome by someone stronger. <laughs> mm. okay. Whatever that means, <laughs> but like I'd like to. It's definitely like a competition thing. Like oh, if sure. you can overpower me, right? Right. I get that too. It's yeah. interesting that there are, there are different types of submissives. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. So would you say that these qualities like permeate the rest of your life when you're not doing kink play? Um, I think I think to a um, <laughs> to to a pretty good extent, yes. Has it has it been a more uh, gra- so? It seems to me having first identified as a cross dresser mm-hmm. and keeping it very much separate that for much of your life you kept these two identities very separate, and then recently you've allowed them to be more fluid. Be more fluid. Well, okay. I think I think for this discussion we need to go back a little bit. Boop, 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 oh yes, boop, boop, get in the therapist chair and tell me about your childhood. Yes. You need your pipe. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Well, well, um, to take a small step back, um, as I said in my bio, um, which I finally, I needed to write one for a while, and I finally wrote it the other other, Yeah, for this. You're welcome. Thank you so much. You're such a good girl. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) Say it again. Um, If you're good. Okay, so, um, 
I've had this uh, desire to dress as a woman uh, for many years. But, you know, when I first got into kink, uh, Julia wasn't a thing. Mm. I, I was just... Um, I was just a man in in kink, and uh, my wife and I went out with uh, friends of ours, and it was so funny because I was I was kinky, and uh, my wife met this other woman who met her on the playground, you know, and our kids met, you know, I have two kids, and um, she's. They became friends, and we all became friends, and then she started dating somebody kinky, and um, kinky and submissive. So one night we went to an art auction. Um, and was this before you were part of the community? Um, I was just beginning. Okay. I was just beginning. Um, so, so I was part of the community, but just kind of dipping my toes in. Um, and, and they were not painted at that time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. They didn't, they didn't know to be painted yet. So um, after the art auction, uh, our friend was like, do you want to come back to our house and you know, play a little bit? She had a friend who was a professional dominatrix who was with them. Wow. And of course, I was like, wow, professional dominatrix. Oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> um, so we went back to her house, and they were doing, they wanted to do, like, sissy play. For and, listeners who don't know, what is sissy play? Um, sissy play is, like, dressing up uh, dressing up men as girls. It's kind of humiliation. It, it, in my mind, sissy is more about humiliation. Yeah. Which I am not into. Okay. I am not into humiliation. Like you like to be accepted and loved as a woman when you're in girl. that. F uh, sorry, as a girl. Thank you. Thank you for the correction. When you're <laughs> in that female space. Yes. Yes. I want you to like me. Mm. You know, I don't. I don't want you to um, tell you why you're such a fuck up. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But so they wanted to do sissy play, and you at this point already were a cross dresser, or no, had just had I, the dream of just had, had thought about it and never done it. Yeah, exactly. I'd done it when I was a little kid, like trying on my mom's clothes. Did you get yelled at? No, I never got found out. Okay. Um, and only did it a few times. Uh, and it was very sexual for me. Mm. It was definitely very sexual. Because I think for some folks, if you would call cross-dressing at the early stages, like that it's not, doesn't have to be sexual. Um, right. But for some folks it is. Yeah, for me it definitely was. It was a, it was a turn on. I found women sexy. Mm. And it felt sexy to wear those clothes. So um, you get invited to this party. Get invited. They want to do some sissy play. Right, right. And this this woman had all these clothes, and so what'd they do? Um, what'd you do? We the, there were three men, and we all went in the back and went through the clothes and all put on something. And uh, and how did your wife feel about this? She was like, "Oh, okay, whatever." Okay, like, she is. So you were excited, yeah. and she was kind of go with the flow, but she was not with the flow. super right, into right. it. Not a turn on, but not a not like right. I'm uncomfortable. Right. And as I get more into my story, you'll you'll kind of see how we got to this point. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Um, but I'm kind of telling you about the birth of Julia right no, now. No, I love it. Um, so I come out and uh, the, the, the mistress is, asks me, so what's your name? And I, I looked at her like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I had never, like I hadn't thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, uh, well, maybe you think better on your knees. So I got on my <gasps> knees, which was so great, right? <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, it, it was so like perfect. Um, and of course, my wife is over on, there on the couch going, I could come up with something. <laughs> I, you know, and she's like, no, no, no. She has to come up with it on her own. And so two weeks before, this is really an involved story. Two weeks before, uh, we had watched the movie uh, Brideshead Revisited. Mm-hmm. Never heard of that. I have heard of it, but I've not seen it. Okay. Okay, and um, there's a character in it named Julia who was really attractive, had like the bob haircut and um, just had something about her, mm. a little dommy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and uh, for some reason, that name just popped in my head. And interestingly, that was, I don't know, nine years ago or mm-hmm. so. I've been Julia ever since. Yeah. So would you say it was the birth of Julia or would you say it was the discovery that like Julia was already in you? Oh, that's a good question. Because it Uh, sounds like it was in you. Yeah. And then you named it and it came into existence. Yeah. It's, It's probably that, although it feels like, it feels like the birth. Mm-hmm. Of, um... Of that part of me. Yeah. When the mistress said, no, she can come up with it on her own, mm-hmm. was that the first time somebody referred to you as she? Uh, yeah, I think it was, actually. How'd that feel? Um, that was uh, exciting and made me giddy. That's mm. such a therapist question. You're learning from me, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I took an intro to psych class. <laughs> That's all you need, really. Let's be real. I'm just curious because I think we all have things that are like deep inside of us that we've never necessarily acknowledged before. and Or don't feel comfortable or don't feel to comfortable or feel comfortable saying out loud. But when someone says, I see that, and that doesn't necessarily have to be like a sexual thing or a kink thing, but just something that you like didn't know was in you and then someone says that about you. It can feel really validating. good, like what I don't know. It, you I don't know, have a specific it, example, but but I, I know what you're saying because especially in in the years that followed, uh, when even today when people refer to me as she, it feels good. It feels yeah. very affirming mm. of who I am. Mm. Um, so I, I wasn't. Quite as in touch with that then, mm-hmm. but I'm sure it was exciting. It was yeah, titillating for sure. So you're on your knees. You said Julia. <laughs> yes. And then what? Um, and then, uh, you know, I don't remember a lot of the details of that night. It was a lot of humiliation play and stuff, which you didn't love. I, I didn't love, and also I, I didn't. I kind of didn't know at the time. Like I, I'm. I still wasn't sure. What you liked. I knew kind of what I liked in some some respects. Mm-hmm. 
wasn't sure what I didn't like. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because, um, oh, I mean, we should, <laughs> we should probably back way, way up. Go for it. Because this is your convo. This is my convo. Yeah. Wow. I feel so important. You are. <laughs> um, so I grew up, uh, you know, big Irish Catholic family. That, and that already says a lot, I think, the, in and of itself. All, all the cliches that go along with it. Mm-hmm. I was the youngest of five. <laughs> I'm guessing there wasn't a lot of feelings talked about in no, the home. No, no, not a lot. Not a lot. A lot of um, a lot of alcoholism. Only feeling is anger. <laughs> yeah, there was there was that. Although it was very very quiet anger. Mm. You know, you just you know walking Deal on eggshells. Um, yeah, only only positive feelings were were really uh, um, allowed. Allowed. Yeah. Acknowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So sweet. I learned very early on. So I, I love this. My um, my mom, who uh, got sober when I was, I don't know, like seventeen, uh, and kind of step, took a step back and looked at the Catholic Church for what it was, mm-hmm. um, had the greatest phrase for how the Catholic Church views sexuality: "Sex is bad. Sex is dirty. Save it for the one you love." Mm. Which. It's so weird. Right? Yeah, like, I love you, so I'm going to do this dirty, awful thing with you. Right, right. Yeah. And, well, only for the procreation of children, right? right. Okay. <laughs> wow. So I grew up with a lot, of, um, a lot of shame about sexuality, any sexuality. You know, be it, you know, just wanting to... Wanting to masturbate. Mm-hmm. Or probably even talking about sex. Talking about sex, of course, is, you know, really taboo. Mm-hmm. Um, Were your parents, like, sexual with each other? Like, did they kiss in front of you or flirty? Or? No. No. I mean, by the time I came around and started to be aware, um, my parents were already starting to, like, they, they were together at that point for the kids. Got mm-hmm. it. Disintegration. Yeah, they they really um, they. I'm I'm grateful that I'm around, but they should have never had kids. Mm. Like they're they kind of got thrown together, and um, so after my mom got sober, uh, divorce happened fairly soon after that because she was like, I can't wait for the kids to be out of the house. Mm -hmm. So what were some of the first memories you have of discovering your own sexuality or desires, whether that be dress-up or self-pleasure? Well, um, I always say that uh, that Catwoman was a revelation. Catwoman Mm. from the Batman TV series. Okay. Uh, Yeah, it was a revelation because it's like, that, that's what I want. You know, that's what really... Hits all my buttons. Mm-hmm. Powerful, uh, the outfit, the high heels, um, control over men, uh, bondage. It had everything. Had everything. <laughs> um, so I found that that's what turned me on. But also, I remember going up into our attic where my mom kept a bunch of clothes 
and you know, trying stuff on, silky stuff or satiny stuff. Oh, so nice. And yeah. How how old were you about? It's always hard for me to pin down. I don't have a, um because of my childhood, I had a traumatic childhood, and I don't have like a lot of memories of my you childhood. Some I have like stuff these, in the attic. Yeah, I have like these little pieces, but it's hard to pin down, you know, oh, I was 12 or, or you know. Was it before puberty? No, it had to be it had to be um around puberty because okay. I remember masturbating. Mm. Um, and how was just it to, be, to just, do that? Oh. Maybe you did masturbate to puberty, but like three-year-olds masturbate. If you were a three-year-old that masturbated, that's okay. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, listen to our first episode, Master Debaters. The great Master Debaters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to that. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, so what, how were, did you feel when you first were trying on? I mean, I always hate calling things like women's clothes or female's clothes because I think clothes can be for anyone. But I agree. stereotypically female clothes, like how did you feel being well, there? Because obviously were. you were doing it in secret. Yeah, that's what they were in my head, yeah. were women, women's clothes. So that's you know, accurate. Like, did you feel shame or were you just like, this is fun or both? Uh, shame. Mm-hmm. Oh, definite mm-hmm. shame. Like, it, shame permeated the whole, uh, the whole sexuality of... Do you think any part of, I mean, I think shame is awful in a lot of ways and sometimes a little bit of shame is often what makes people aroused, I think, to the things that they desire. So do you feel like the shame hmm. was arousing? Not that the arousal pattern like wasn't also negative, but do you feel like a little bit of the shame and secrecy added to the sexiness of it or not so much? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Which I think makes sense based on you saying you don't like the, humiliation. Yeah, they, they like right. to be like a good for girl. me, things that I'm ashamed about, I'm not aroused by mm-hmm. at all. There's not an element of like, oh, it's so bad, it turns me on. Like, no. Yeah, I think, I don't know if shame is the word, but I guess taboo is more the word that feels arousing when I think of it. Right. Yeah, no, right. I don't like getting in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting. I, do, I don't know if I like it, but I think I do. Ah, that so that's was, a difference. I'm so scared. Well, I'm so scared to do wrong things. I, I know. It, well, it's like me. Like, I, um, there's part of me that wants to be, you know, when I'm with a Dom, I want to be punished. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's something exciting about that. There's also something that's, um, uh, it's attention. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, it's getting that attention. Like, this person cares enough about what I'm doing mm-hmm. to correct me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also not one to intentionally do something wrong to be punished. Ah, <laughs> vacillate, I think. <laughs> so, so let's get back to you trying on these uh, quote-unquote women's clothes in the attic. Was right. this a one-time thing, or did it happen like with relative I frequency? Think it, no, I think it happened a few times. Okay. I don't know about, um, I don't know if it happened regularly, mm-hmm. but uh, I know it happened at least twice. Mm. Um, could have been more. Mm-hmm. But could then not been. again for a really long time. Uh, again, I don't know. Huh. I don't know. How weird is that? Well, because I'm just thinking about the time where you went to this art auction that ended in this sissy play. Right. Like, and was then, there any place to like, explore in between space, then? What happened between that moment and these, you know, s- moments sneaked, snuck in your attic? Well, um, okay, let's, 
Keep going. Let's keep going. Carry on. <laughs> um, because, okay, so I'm carrying around all this shame just about sexuality, and then you add on all this fetish stuff mm-hmm. on top of it. And that felt like really, really wrong. Um, so I was always attracted to very, very dominant girls at that point and, you know, dominant women. Um, whether or not they were kinky, mm-hmm. uh, definitely, um, definitely more domineering. And um, probably the same story as many, many people. Um, but again, I had this kind of push-pull, love-hate relationship with that part of myself. Um, so uh, years later, I'm in college. I graduate college. Uh, I got engaged to this woman. Um, Powerful not, woman? Pretty, yeah, pretty much. Definitely kind of very... In that space. Yeah. Okay. Um, and at this point, I had found like places that sell magazines that have this stuff in it. And I'm like, this, and I was old enough to go like and get them by myself. And, um, and she found them. Your fiance. Yes. Uh, I don't think we were engaged yet. Oh, okay. But yeah, it doesn't really matter. Um, and I had so much shame. And um, and at that point, I identified as a sex addict mm. because uh, you know I was because you were probably taught that anyone who likes sex or something that was quote unquote deviant would mean that there's something wrong with you. I, partly, the other part of it is too that I denied it so much that I was very obsessive mm. about it. So I felt this incredible drive that definitely felt like an addiction. And I'd grown up around addiction, mm. <laughs> so you know, I it made sense. Eventually, that that relationship ended. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, and what were the magazines? Like they they were very specialized. I don't remember the names of them. But like, what was the content? Uh, it was um, like it was all black and white. I remember, <laughs> and it was. Tom's tying up and and whipping bondage men. GSM stuff. Yeah, got it. Yeah, did things end because of this desire or her finding them or other? No. Yeah. No, but I started to go to Sex Addicts Anonymous. How was while that I was experience? With her. Uh, generally, it was good. It was generally a good, you know, because I had grown up. I had gone to Al-Anon and ACOA, Adult Children of Alcoholics, and. So I was familiar with the program. Like I, that that all that stuff made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it it validated also that oh yeah, I have an issue. I have a problem um, for me, and that it took me many years to get over that. I got together with. My wife, who's now my wife, um, uh, twenty about twenty five years ago, and uh, 
you know, she, I told her all about my, um, my fetishes and like when you um, first got together. Yeah. <gasps> Amazing. Yeah. Well, and I, she was receptive. Yeah, she was. She actually bought a pair of boots. <laughs> for she told Adamia? me later to or for to, you no to kind of seduce me because mm. she knew I was into boots and she bought these little like um, these little granny boots oh. granny know, the, boots those are the kind that like are ankle boots okay and they have a little little he- kitten heel like a little kitten heel okay. and they're lace up Ooh. they're called granny boots oh. and she got those That's a hot granny because she knew that I liked them. Mm. Um, what made you feel comfortable to share that with her? Um, I think because I've always been, I've always been fairly open, you know, kind of. Which is interesting considering all the hiding and the mm-hmm. secrecy you had to do growing up. Yeah. It open about certain things. And since I was in uh, SAA, um, we knew each other through, um, not through SAA, but through like Al-Anon and stuff. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So there was like a common language and community of sharing personal sentiments and experiences. Exactly. That's a well put. Well put. Damn, girl. Thanks. She's good. <laughs> She's a real therapist. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's like Psych 101. <laughs> um. So, it's so funny, well, side story. The first time I ever kissed somebody's shoes <laughs> was... You do not have to feel bad about telling a side story about kissing someone's shoes. Yeah. I'm excited to hear it. <laughs> Let's just put that out there. So, uh, was after, after an Al-Anon meeting um, with... This woman. Um, who became your wife. Who became my wife. <laughs> uh, and I forget if she had me or let me kiss her shoes. And they were just like these low Was heels. it like in the church? Um, I'm just assuming the meetings took place at a church. I don't know. You just wish it was in the church. <laughs> I feel this, like they always are in churches. Often they are. With relative frequency. Often they are. I think this one was, but it was in the parking lot. I yeah. was going to say or in the parking lot. Oh my God. In the car, yes. I feel like you're setting up this like porno. <laughs> Simone is always like setting Simone's up got a whole the, picture the porno of context. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, it's like a great, like you should make films. Yeah. Well, I'm about to stop doing yeah. that. Yeah. So, okay, so you kissed her. Was she wearing the granny boots? No, she was just wearing a pair of like um, a pair of pumps, a small heel, little heel. Still. Yeah, it was very exciting. So you kissed them. Yeah. It's interesting though because really you've them. said that she um, maybe doesn't. Or isn't a part of the kink community per se. Um, so, do you think a lot of this was just like, "Hey, I know that you're my partner, and I know that you're into this stuff," or do you think I, she was enjoying that too in a I different way? I think she was enjoying it, but also I think she was. Um, <laughs> um, I think she was seducing me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Know, which cool. you know, yeah, yeah, pretty cool, right? <laughs> okay, so you kissed her shoes. That's so I awesome. kissed her I'm shoes. I'm so happy that you got to do that. Yeah, yeah, it was exciting. But here's the problem. So we, you know, we got together. We moved, eventually moved in together. Um, and anytime we'd explore this side of our relationship and this, like her doming you, yeah, like her doming me. Um, 
then afterward I would feel really guilty. How horrible is that? It's really horrible. How shitty is that? And it wasn't because she was saying something. No. You just felt bad that you liked that? Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and that I had opened this door and um, there was a, it was like a lot of push-pull going back and forth. And um, so that went on for years. We got married. We moved out here from Philadelphia. And, um, you know, we kind of peek in that door every once in a while. But then... Had you been able to wear any women's clothes in front of her at that point? I think I had, like, a couple times. Because that hadn't gone away. Um, I wouldn't think it would have. Yeah, I remember, like, dressing up and... You know, in her clothes. Was it more like a joke? Like you pretended you were joking around but secretly enjoyed it? Or were you like, this is a part of my sexuality? Um, No, I think it was more that it turned me on. Cool. Yeah. That's so awesome to have such a supportive partner. Oh, I have an amazing wife. Yeah. I have an absolutely amazing wife. So years later, um, I was seeing a therapist. Uh, This was in my, uh, this was about... I don't know, 13 years ago Mm -hmm. or so. And great therapist, really great therapist. And I had talked to him about all this stuff. And he finally said to me, you know, you're, you're probably just wired this way. This isn't going away. Mm -hmm. This isn't going anywhere. Um, And it was like a switch was flipped in my head. I'm like, oh, oh, this is just the way I am. And that's when uh, my wife and I started to open that door. Um, and something, something funny would ha- happen that um, we were talking about it, and I think we'd do little things in the bedroom. Um, but she had a friend of hers. She was at like a, <laughs> a kid's birthday party. And she said, a friend of ours, our friend said she wrote a book with her best friend. And it's called How to Be a Dominant Diva. And this woman's best friend was a professional dominatrix. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> and... I immediately went online, bought the book. Um, turns out I was the first one to buy the book. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad that your wife found out about this at a kid's birthday party, too. That and then told really you. Happy. And then shared it with you. Yeah. <laughs> There's like so many great things about this. Yeah. Yeah, well, she came home and she said, so I have some exciting news. <laughs> and I said, I forget what it was. I said it was about. And she said, no, 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 about a completely different part of your life. <laughs> So you bought the book. Bought and the then book. Did you meet this dominatrix? I did. We, we first went to a book signing, and that's where I met her, um, Mistress Georgia Payne, who uh, is kind of uh, kind of a legendary dom um, around LA, and uh, she was awesome. And my wife and her really got along great. And then we went to see her at, what was it? It was called the Sexpo LA, down at the LA Convention Center, mm-hmm. 
where she was giving a talk. And <laughs> so she's up on stage and she asks for volunteers. This and you're was, like, me, I'm the good girl. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was like, um, You're like, oh um, my God, I want to volunteer so badly. I want to volunteer so badly. And my wife goes, put your hand up. Put your hand up. Okay. So she encouraged you. <laughs> she encouraged me. No, she told Again, you to. I haven't. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> I like the way you think. <laughs> um, so I put my hand up, and they called on me because they knew, they knew me, and apparently I was the first person to buy the book. So, okay, so. So you're fangirling. So I'm totally fangirling. I go up on stage, and um, she says to me off mic, uh, she says, are, are, are you wearing underwear? And I said, yeah. And she said, okay, I want you to pull down your pants. You know, she was going to spank me. It was a spanking demonstration. So dreamy. Um, oh, it gets better. I hope you were wearing women's underwear. Exactly. Yes! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was wearing panties. <laughs> Fuck yes. Okay. <sighs> and, which she... Love. How did you feel about doing that? Was that your first time in public in front of like other people, maybe besides yourself or your wife, being in panties? Yeah. Yeah. It it was super exciting. Super exciting. And um, so she she thought that was the greatest thing in the world. Um, And so she spanked me. Uh, So it was the first time I'd really been spanked. How was it? It was awesome. (laughs) <laughs> it was great. Uh, it was intense. Um, and then she asked if she could demonstrate caning on me. She said she was only going to hit me once, you know. Um, and, you know, she ended up hitting me twice because... Because you're so good. Because she got so excited. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I like that. But later I was like, oh, my God, I think I like that. <laughs> um and then for my 40th birthday, uh, which was 11 years ago, um, for my 40th birthday, my wife took me to see her. For a session? Yes. Oh, my God. Your wife is so supportive. Again, yeah. I have the most amazing wife in the world. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Do you have, I mean, just to, a side note, do you have any advice for people who are going through a similar experience to find that partner do you i feel like i've had a lot of clients who whether it's cross-dressing or something more gender fluid um who will often find the partner first and then be dreading telling them right right do you suggest people find a partner that they already know are into that or do you have any advice see i i i'm not i'm not the best person to ask because Sounds uh, like it happened where you didn't really look for it, but you had this understanding right, person. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And, you know, we've been together for a long time. And, uh, and you know, it's all about trust. Mm. It's all about trust. And um, she, it's funny because she says that she brought me to, um, to see the Dom, hoping I would get it out of my system. Ah. <laughs> and that's like... Opposite of what happened. So, what was this session? What went down? Well, because Besides I besides you on your knees, <laughs> that, that happened. Um, well, she uh, since I didn't really know what I was into, um, it was real. It was a two-hour session, 
And it was really kind of a, um, we'll try a little bit of this, we'll try a little Justine bit of that. Justine Cross calls that an omakase session. Ooh. Omakase is when you go have sushi and, and the it's chef, chef's choice. The chef just gives you pieces as he goes. Oh. As she goes. Yeah, that's, that's actually a really good way to put it mm-hmm. because. And then you see what you like. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it was all pretty, um, you know, pretty general, you know, bondage. And spanking and uh, flogging. I don't remember if there was a single tail involved. Um, definitely caning because caning was her thing. Mm. Um, and I think I only took like 12 cane strokes. Feels like a lot. I don't know. <laughs> Seems like a lot. <laughs> only. <laughs> only. Um, and I think there was some CBT. Uh, cockball torture, not cognitive behavioral therapy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, yes. Cock and ball torture, yes. Like what kind of torture? Um, tying up, you know, tying up the balls, the cock, separating the balls, um, uh, hanging weights. From the balls. I have kind of another side question. Yes. So when you are Julia, I, I hope when, you're about to ask the same question I was I about to ask. Be. We we be, have become the same person now. Um, <laughs> okay. So back back to our lambs. Yes. Um. Well, that's not an expression. Whatever. Um. <laughs> so my question is: When you're playing, when you're Julia, mm-hmm. when you're she, how do you feel about your penis? Um. That wasn't quite the question I was going to ask, but also I'll ask my follow-up. We're, we're on the same wavelength, though, as usual. Um, it's, a, it's a really, really good question, but um, my penis is just my penis. It's, it's always there. Mm-hmm. Um, do, you I'm, call, I'm with it. do you call it anything different when you're Julia? Like, do you say, like, my pussy or? Um, I've had doms call it my clit. Hmm. Um, do, do you like that or kind of? I kind of do. Okay. I kind of do. Do you like that? Well, I don't know. What if you don't? <laughs> no, I like yeah, that. No, no. It's just a funny like, <laughs> way of saying, do you like that? <laughs> mm, do you like that? Uh, <laughs> I think Simone's feeling a little attacked. <laughs> In a good way. Do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> Back to you, Julia. <laughs> Shift the focus. Yes. No, we're talking about your relation to your penis when you're in full Julia or when Julia is the most is the loudest voice in your choir. Right. Can I just stop for a second? And, yes. and just like <laughs> notice that uh, you know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, I couldn't have imagined having this conversation. Mm. Do you know where I'm I'm talking about you're you're asking me about my penis when I'm Julia. <laughs> and yeah. how I feel about that. And I'm just saying, oh well sometimes I'm with with a dom and they say they call it a clit. Yeah. And it's it's amazing where when I think of where I came from. Yeah. Not that it it's sounds like, really amazing. I mean, we're honored, and it feels like such a privilege that you feel comfortable mm-hmm. to share. And I'm so excited for you that you're at this place in your journey where you can mm. live your authentic selves. Um, and not that it's just like one 
thing that allowed you to be here, but is there a standout experience that you think helped you to get to this point? Hmm. I think it was a series of things. Yeah, I mean, I, it sounds like a, a, a supportive partner. A supportive partner, of course. Having a, experimental things. A kid's birthday party. A kid's, a kid's birthday <laughs> party. <laughs> some, oh, isn't it always that some, old story? Some therapy to address shame. Of course. Of course. Um, some good panties that fit. <laughs> exactly. Good panties. Um, but I, I really, uh, it, it's been, I, I can't discount uh, how important having a good partner is. Um, for example, and I'll, I'll get back to your specific question in a minute, but when I first started doing this and I started going out um, to parties, like with, with our other friend. And my wife kind of figured out that she's definitely kink-friendly and has, like, kinky parts of her. But she realized, like, going to parties, going to events, not really her thing. Mm -hmm. um, she felt out of place, and it's late at night, and she's not a night person, um, which is just a reality. Mm -hmm. um, so... In the beginning, I was allowed to do certain things, you know, tied, get tied up, get beaten, get flogged, all that stuff. Um, yet that was, you know, all those years ago. And over the year, as, as I've done this, uh, the, what I'm allowed to do with other people has expanded as I've gone out and still come back to her. Of course. So the trust was it comes back to the built. trust. It yeah, it, and it's it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight that all of a sudden I'm allowed to get pegged. You know? Like that was off the table for many years. Mm -hmm. Um but as I did all these things and then kept coming back to her and being completely honest with her about what I was doing, where mm -hmm. I was going, um, showing her my marks. I love when I have marks. Wow. <laughs> um, you know, she realized, oh, oh, he, well, she, she knows me as he, but um, he's not going anywhere. You know, he keeps yeah. coming back. And this really is fulfilling. In fact, it may want it may help you come back more mm -hmm. because well, she's providing the safe space to explore and do that with, as opposed to really being a th like a threat that this other stuff is competing. Right, right. And I've often thought that since I have this outlet, um, I thought if other people had this, had some sort of outlet like this. Uh, there would be far less cheating because people wouldn't. I agree. Need yes. to because then it wouldn't be cheating. It would be negotiated, communicated. Right. I think desire exchanging. I'm not married and don't intend on being anytime soon. But something that I've realized from and then from long term partnerships that I find aspirational um, is I think really recognizing that the idea of finding one person who 
is your best friend and has the same kinks as you, and and I mean kinks in like a very broad sense. Parent who 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 wants to eat the same food as you do, who likes the same music as you do. That is so unlikely and also kind of less fun. And a huge burden. And a huge burden on another person. And so once you're able to release that, and once you know you as a partner, like that, your wife is able to be like, yeah, I'm kink friendly, but like that's not my jam. But I'm okay with you finding that with other people because it's fulfilling to your existence and like humanity and sense of self. Like that is what true partnership is. It's not saying like, I am not this for you, so you cannot do it. Like if you can't get it from me, you can't get it from anyone. That seems so counterintuitive to me. And yet that is the norm. It is the norm. Why? It's fear-based. We're like, scared that they're going to leave? Yeah, that they'll find something better that maybe is the full, the quote-unquote full package or that that other thing will be more important to you. Mm. Yeah. Which- I feel like you're such a wonderful example of not. Like, I think, I hope that people who are listening to this, like, realize that this can be a very safe paradigm. It's, I think it takes a lot of trust. But I also think that it builds oh, trust. trust yeah. Because... I'm not hiding anything. And I come back all excited. And I found, you know, I have, I've met some wonderful people in the scene. And I have some, I've had some and currently have some amazing play partners who I adore, who I absolutely adore. And I think none of them do I want to spend the rest of my life with mm. like and come home to she's my best friend yeah like she's she's my best friend she's the one I tell everything to and she's the one who if something's not going well I go I need help mm-hmm. you know she's the one I go to do you still have quote unquote vanilla sex with her yes okay so this yes. is not all of your sexuality this is just part of it yes exactly wow exactly and you mentioned you have kids. Yes. I know. Is this a conversation that you open up to your kids? I mean, I don't know how old they are and what the age appropriateness is given how old they are, but like, how do you plan to have these convos with them over time? Well, that's an interesting story. <laughs> well, Everything good thing seems you asked, Nicoletta. <laughs> did, I, did I write that down for you? Um, I have two kids uh, a 13 year old, a uh, 13 year old girl and an 18-year-old transgendered girl. and They're so lucky to have you as a parent. Um, thank you. Well, we'll see. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know what she's going to say, Nicoletta. <laughs> Just because your parents' gender fluid doesn't mean she's fucking cool. <laughs> okay, yeah, tell me what a shitty parent you are. <laughs> well, let me tell you. <laughs> um, so my... Uh, my trans, the older one, the transgender daughter, uh, came out about a year ago, about a year, year and a half ago, uh, and came to us and said, I want to wear makeup. And she, I'm very proud that she knew where we stood on the matter. Because we've had conversations about LGBTQ rights in our house. Many times. And, you know, like, can you believe that they're doing this to, to you know, the LGBT community? And Do they know Julia? Um, Wait, let her tell the story. 
You're jumping ahead of yourself. You think Cindy would think that she's cool. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're, okay, like, so, you're a loser. Go so on. Your daughter, <laughs> so your daughter comes to you and says, I want to wear makeup. I want to wear makeup. Um, and we say, okay. And I mean, what are you, what are you going to say? And just go, okay, you know, whenever you want. Uh, like a week or two later, she said, I want to wear, I want to wear girls' clothes. And this is to school. Like, this is... Okay. Um, and it was a couple weeks later that she came to us and said, I want you to call me uh, by this other name. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, my God, what if it were Julia? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that would have been so, so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, astronomically just, weird. So I do have these weird visions of things. <laughs> I don't know. That's the movie I'm making. <laughs> so we okay. were, we were, you know, supportive. It was hard, even though I am who I am, and I have transgendered friends, and uh, I'm in the community I'm in. It's still hard when your kid comes to you and says, "I want to be this different person mm-hmm. instead of this person that you've known for 18 years, 17 mm-hmm. years." Um, so. After she uh, she came to us with all this, I, I sat down with her and I said, I wanted to let you know that I'm I'm a cross-dresser. And uh, she looked at me and she said, I kind of knew. I said, oh, did you see like the clothes in my closet? And she said, well, I, I, I kind of had an idea. And I think, I, I think she probably saw like the clothes in my closet uh-huh. and, and noticed things. Um, and also, she she kind of knows that I'm kinky, uh-huh. uh huh, because she's seen <laughs> she's seen my Audible playlist. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Sorry, this reminds me of something. Um, uh, on Amazon, I was <laughs> looking at kinky stuff. And I use my mom's Amazon Prime. Oh, no, no, you're, you're no. lucky your mom's cool, and too, And I though. thought I was, like, fucking so brilliant and incognito and on my own Amazon. Like, I, I did order a gag, and I created my own Amazon account to do it. <laughs> but, um, um, but then I was on the family Amazon account, and it said, based on your recent searches, based things you recent- might be interested in. And there, it was, like, leashes and collars and all the things <laughs> I had not searched for. And I was like, oh, my God. Anyway, sorry. Did anyone say anything? I just saw this yesterday. I haven't oh processed it yet. This is this is yeah, but you're, this is coming from a parent who asks Simone if when I um, have, yeah. yeah do do your partners make you come yeah <laughs> like you know true. And not in like a, not in like a test way but like when I talk to her about somebody that I'm really excited yeah, about really, she asks me how the sex is which I think is a really great conversation that's to have with your awesome. child yeah she's awesome that is kind of so awesome. maybe mm-hmm. maybe this year for Hanukkah. You'll be getting some surprise. She'll be buying you a collar and a leash. I don't really want a leash, though. (laughs) But based on your recent search history. (laughs) (laughs) Oink a vault. Anyway, okay, so so your daughter was like, I saw your Audible playlist. Yeah. Which is what? The training of, I don't know. Yeah, I forget what was on there. But anyway, there's stuff on there. There's stuff on there that's. Uh, you know, points to that. So, okay. so she had she's had some idea for a little while that I'm kinky. She doesn't want to know anything. She doesn't <coughs> want to know anything. She's not listening to this podcast. <laughs> no, she's not listening to this podcast. Um, but she has some idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so I told her, and it, which was nice. It was really nice to have that out in the open. Yeah. Then I real I realized that the only person in the house oh. who didn't know. 
was my other daughter. Mm. So I kind of had to tell her. And, you know, I didn't tell her the kinky part. Told her that I was, you know, a cross-dresser and that I had this other persona and my name's Julia and all that. And um, uh, she was... She is okay, mm-hmm. a little weirded, a little weirded by it. Um, but you know what the big benefit of this is? <laughs> that when I go to events and I go to parties. You can go out of the house. I can, I can put on my makeup at home and I can take off my makeup at home. Mm. Instead of in a dungeon bathroom. That's a privilege. <laughs> Much better. It's huge. <laughs> and the lighting is so much better. The lighting is so much better. And <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So that. What a great, this is, you're such a, I'm just like so, Florida isn't the right word. I'm just like so happy for you and that you have this life that you have come to and that you're surrounded with these people who love you and who you feel comfortable sharing this with and that you, it's so comfortable that you feel comfortable talking to these two strangers in this super sincere manner. It's, it's really beautiful and I hope to, to be like that, and I hope everybody can be like that because I think it's it's just really bad when we don't honor those parts. And it of takes a, it takes an army, like it takes a community, it takes loved ones, it takes support, and like finding your people. And well, you know, thank you for saying that. First of all, I really appreciate that. That means that means a lot. Um, oh, I'm getting so emotional. <laughs> this is so good. Um, but also, I feel like in the um, in the king community. People are, people are very open. Mm-hmm. People talk about this stuff, you know. And if one of my things has always been that if people come to me and uh, and ask me things and want want to know things, I'm always like, okay, what do you what do you what do you want to know? I'm happy to tell you. I'm happy to tell you because. When I was new in the scene, other people did that for me. Mm. And it made it so... I, I, I don't know how many other people come into uh, the scene and the lifestyle uh, with the level of shame that, I, you know, that I've carried all my life. Um, but anything that can reduce that mm. is... Uh, is a gift. And other people did that for me. The fact that I can, like I was saying earlier, talk about this stuff, because like I know, I know I can talk about this with you guys because you're sex positive and... Um, what gave it away? Uh, you know, it was... Just a bunch of sluts. <laughs> <laughs> it was an assumption on my part. I, you know, I just went with it. Um <laughs> Just like I assumed you were a good parent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, assuming makes an ass of you and me. <laughs> um, this, hopefully for somebody, this is shame-reducing. Mm. To hear somebody else talk about, you know, somebody else who comes from sex is bad, sex is dirty, and goes, oh, oh, well... Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's not that bad. Maybe it's not that weird. And we want to help you 
be that person for other people. So if you're open to it, what's the best way for, for people to get in touch to um, and to follow to, you? and to see your, We didn't even talk about your photography, but to be able to see yeah, and check out, photos Yeah, well, check take. out Instagram so you can, you know, see it. Yeah, um, but, but yeah, how can people contact you? How can they follow your work? Well, um, if you go to Instagram, uh, all the photography that I post on Instagram is mine. Um, I already stalked it a little. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. And, and? It was great. Okay. <laughs> I, saw, I saw purple hair. I saw an awesome pink like heart whip, like I think in your mouth. I saw, <laughs> and, that was some, and then some great pictures of like other people. Oh, that was, and, yeah, that was with, um, with the, the, um, uh, the heart crop that was in my mouth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was with my... Uh, one of my play partners, Madam Rose. Yeah, I saw some awesome pictures of other kinky people, some great DomCon shots. They they do every year a shot of all the dominatrix women. Yes. Um, yeah, the mistress shoot. Yeah, the mistress shoot. So there was awesome. some great stuff. So anyway. Okay, so so my Instagram is slaveboyjulia, just as it sounds. No spaces. No underscores. No, no underscores, nothing. no nothing. Um, and the Julia is lowercase because you identify as right. slave. I I identify as submissive. Okay, and that's why it's lowercase. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's funny that um, I, I put that on my description that it's Julia with a lowercase J because with a capital J, it does, just doesn't look like my name to me. Mm. It, 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 that's something that occurred to me years ago that it's like... It, it just I think does, it's not just a submissive, but it also seems to reflect that um, girlishness that yeah. you're talking about. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. So that's um, Instagram. I'm on Twitter, and it's uh, officially it's Slave Boy One, and that's B O I, oh, like and, Skater Boy, and the number one. <laughs> um, but if you if you search for Slave Boy Julia, you'll find me on Twitter. Um, and uh, for those of you on FetLife, I'm Slave Boy Julia. Uh, I have um, I have a website of my photography. It's sjstudio1.com, uh, Slave Julia, sjstudio1.com. Um, so I think that's where you can find me. Sorry, and also at, at local events, Femdom events, like at Sanctuary, there's Club mm -hmm. Fuck, which is always you know fantastic. Love uh, it. I have one last question. I know we're about to wrap up, but that I was just looking at your Twitter profile and it reminded me. You identify as a female supremacist. Is that yeah. a joke and or not? And what no, does no, that no, mean? No, no, not a joke. Like you think we're better. Um, better. That's okay if you do. I'm just wondering. It, it's, <laughs> there's, uh, I think there's a certain power in being female that... Uh, there are certain qualities to being female that are more advantageous to the world than traditionally male qualities. Mm -hmm. um, that I, I, you know, I, I like. Uh, I like that whole paradigm. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, we had such, I mean, I'm speaking for Nicoletta, so I'm going to assume too. We had such 
a wonderful time chatting with you, Julia. Terrible time. We're so <laughs> it was amazing. Fucking grateful that you took the time to just come talk to us when we met you just once. Um, as always, to our listeners, if you want to keep up to date on what we're doing, you can find us on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Sluts Scholars, and you can email us at slutsandscholars at gmail.com. Thanks. Thank you so much. Scholars.